Church Boys. All right, so we want to start with, before we actually start the show, it's this is our little snorting. pre-show thing. I know. Because some of the things you and I just talked about make me <laughs> just laugh. So before we start, you were in, where were you? You were in D.C. for the March for Life thing this month. I was like in D.C. Like way too many times. So you, oh, I know. And you had to go back. Like the next week, like yeah. five days later. Right. You had to go back for something else, some sort of prayer breakfast or something. Or was that earlier? I don't even remember. No, the prayer breakfast came like five days after. <laughs> what was it? The, what if, <laughs> speaking of the prayer breakfast, where Trump goes out of hell with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like something. The funny thing is like most people nowadays don't care about that. Though some still do. But the, the idea that it, can you at least temper your language for your audience? No, because he's Trump. <laughs> he like, can't. can I just tell you one of my friends who I love? who um, I'm not going to say who it is. I think we've actually had her on the show before, but she was in the audience and I talked to her after. She's like, I actually cried. I like physically cried when he brought up his apprentice ratings. Like she's like, I I physically broke down crying. You have to tell um, me who that was. Who was it? You can't say. I can't. Okay. I can't. But after she was like, but then it was okay. The rest of it was good. Because it really, like the Did rest of the like speech was laugh, great and the laugh, media didn't cover any of it. Laugh, cry or sad cry? No, no. Like, like I'm praying to God this is not what his speech is. Because, oh. <laughs> um, you know, usually, the, and, and honestly, though, I mean, last year Obama's speech I felt was, from what I remember, I felt uh, it was very political and it was very yeah, like Islam yeah. heavy, um, which just <laughs> felt weird because it was a political message. You know, right. so. Um, but no, this person made me laugh. I was like, that's so funny. She's like, no, no, but it was fine in the end. Cause the, honestly, and this is what the media did, and we can get into this after, but they only cover the stupid thing he says about Mark Burnett and the ratings, which by the right. way, in fairness to Trump, I mean, Mark Burnett spent 12 minutes introducing him talking right, about the apprentice. Right. That was let's, the whole, let's talk about the, that. Let's think about that in a minute, because I think that's worth discussion. Let's, after we start the show, we'll talk about that. All right. In fact, that can right, be, fine. In fact, put the top of the list, top of the hit parade. We'll talk about that first. I know we have other things to discuss, but that made me laugh so. Okay, let's, but you were at, you were in D.C. for the March for Life thing, and another person from D.C. was at the March for Life thing, and it was uh, official junk correspondent Kate Scanlon, <laughs> and she, which is a title she wears with pride, by the way. It's a, it's a title we gave her. She wears it with pride at the blaze. Anyway, so she's at the thing. She's never she had never met you in person. Ever. No, which is crazy yeah. because we had worked together we and worked known together. each other. Yeah, and she talked, and person. she and I have never met in person, like you know, in person, person. And so, but we talk all the time, either on the phone or on Slack or email or whatever. And the same, same with you. But now she actually got a chance, and she was so nervous to meet you. Why? So Who I, would ever be? Why? Maybe she thought you were going to eat her. I don't. That would be a reason to be oh, nervous. I. By the way, we were thinking. Of, I remember one of the things I wanted to talk about. Remember that article I sent you. Uh, Which one? The why I should feel good about giving you a hard time. Fat shaming people. Yes. yes. We we should talk about that as well. We should. Okay. But first, before we do, before we start the show, let's let's see if we can give... I've got Scanlon's number typed in here. Let's see if she will pick up. Just a second. Come on, Scanlon. Please pick up. Please pick up. Please pick up. Can you hear that ringing? Oh, that's really loud. Is this Scanlon? This is. This is Chris Field and Billy Hallowell. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Well, you're really loud right now. Just a second. I think, is there a way to turn this volume down, Billy? Um, I, it's really loud. The Skype's really loud. That's really weird. Just a second. You still there? Yes. Okay. Is this, is this a... <laughs> so it's horrified. She does. <laughs> Absolutely terrified. Is this, is this a, a good time to talk? Or are you busy right now? This is fine. Okay. Um, I mean, you, you haven't told her yet that she's on the air. You're on the air, allegedly. by the way. 
you're being recorded. Oh, okay. You're being recorded right now. So, I, so I don't know. pass gas or do anything. <laughs> Decrease volume. That might work better. Uh, <laughs> just a second. I'm trying to. Uh, this Sky, is why Skype we can't so have nice things. Chris cannot figure out. Oh, you, you want to know? You want what kind of show we had before we started the show? <laughs> we we were supposed to start recording an hour ago. Well, all right. I <laughs> all right, don't you, know what to tell you. Are you are you still there, Scanlon? I'm still here. Okay, just I'm trying to. Couldn't hear her snickering at how ridiculous you are. <laughs> Pipe down. Chris to... is where. So as Chris is trying to figure out what planet he's on, I will tell you that we were starting to introduce how you and I finally got to meet after all this time knowing each other at the March for Life and how you oh, yeah. ensured that security locked me out, which we could talk about, of the March for Life media tent. But first, first... That was in everybody's best interest to watch it <laughs> Billy, first of all. Yes, yes. <laughs> but so I was telling Billy, and he doesn't understand why, and I told him it was because you were afraid he might eat you. You had never met him in person, <laughs> and you were nervous actually to meet him in person. Why was that? Well, you had told me to tell him something mean, so I was nervous about that. But you were nervous. You said you were nervous before I ever said that to you. What you were nervous? You said I'm actually kind of nervous to meet him. Well, I'm erratic allegedly. I, I mean, who knows? Like she probably didn't know what she was going to get. So why were you nervous to meet him in person? I I don't remember this. I don't remember being nervous. See now she's lying. Uh, Chris, see, Chris she's is obviously making, Chris lying. Is making things up. But let me tell you what I did to poor Scanlon. I actually started texting her and I was like, you need, because I was very late to the March for Life, like hours late. And I, because I, the train, I couldn't get an earlier train. And so I'm like, they're going to lock wait, me out. Can you find wait. this woman and get my media pass? And so poor <laughs> Scanlon's trying to do her job and like cover the march. And I've got her chasing down the media woman to get my pass from me. <laughs> and she did it because she's oh, a good it, person. It actually worked out because I know the media woman, actually. So I knew who I was looking for, at least. So that was good. But then when I got there, okay, I get through this horrific crowd of people, which was, was actually amazing to see. But I like hated them in that moment because I just wanted to get to the media tent. And I'm like, <laughs> please move your, you know, signs out of my face and let me get where I need to go. So I finally get to where Scanlon is and we're on the phone with each other and we're trying to find each other. And the cops will not let me in. And so I am like mushed up against a gate at this grate. And like Scanlon finds me and she's on the other side of it. There's a picture of us like with divided by this. And I cannot get to where I need to go. I hope um, she, she kept me company. I hope she properly mocked you the entire time while you're standing there on the other side of that stupid fence. She did. She did. Um, but we oh, had I a did. good time. Worry, we actually, I had that covered. Good. She did. And then we and we had a good time. We actually hung out for like a good chunk of the parade and kind of covered things together. It was fun. So how many how many errands did he make you run that day, Scanlon? Just the one, just tracking down his badge and and babysitting him while he was stuck right. on the other side of the gate. Right, exactly. And then and then guiding me back to Union Station after. That's true. I did have to. <laughs> he didn't know where he was going, so I had to tell him. I had no idea where I was. I was so, like, I knew I was at the Supreme Court building, but other than that, I had no idea. And frankly, I mean, I remember all those pro-choice people who emerged at the end, Scanlon. Do you remember them? Yeah, there were a few outside the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah, it was, it was so, a real joy. <laughs> so what did you think of your first uh, encounter with Billy in person? Uh, well, he's fatter than I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> My day has been made. <laughs> I can't. You guys, you know, when you get to hell, Scanlon, you and Chris can per pick out the drapes together because this is... <laughs> completely um it may be accurate but it's terrible oh no i'm being mean it was fun to finally get to meet billy in person after like you know harassing him on yeah. black and 
Texas for a year. So it was it was cool. And apparently I might be seeing him again later this oh. month. Are you actually coming for CPAC? Uh, well, I <laughs> avoid CPAC like the plague because uh, there's As nothing. I, and I don't know why. I shouldn't say this because I'm still waiting for my credential. CPAC is wonderful. But no, no really, I don't want to ever go. It's great, and but it's It's terrible. mainly just because it's like being surrounded by like the people who crazy are obsessed people. with people. the it's, movement. It is. Um, the, it, you and I have talked about this before. It is the conservative Star Trek convention. It is. It is. It is a just a giant pile of weirdos. It's it's strange. And so, but f- I realized that I really should. I literally have not gone in <laughs> nine years, probably. But I was like, I really need to go. So I'm going to go. But I'm actually. This is when I don't want to go to something. I just show up for like 24 hours and then leave. So I'm going to go like Friday to Saturday for the last leg of it. And then call it a day. But you will see me there. You'll be forced to hang out with me. Yay! Are you going the whole time? I think so. I'm still waiting for my credentials, too. Um, But I'm planning on being there the whole time. You're still waiting for your credentials as well? How do you not have your credentials already, Scanlon? I applied for them, and they haven't emailed me yet. I was going to harass them. You know, if you actually... here's Here's the problem. Did you put junk correspondent on your paperwork? Because if you do, I'm guessing I, that that group isn't going to be I cool with that. I actually did not. I, <laughs> okay. I didn't think that would come across as professional, so I left that off. I can't with you people. I really can't. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to have a good time. We're going to hang out at CPAC. Are you going to go every single day? Because that just seems too intense for me. That's the plan right now, but who knows? I might change my mind. Like It's like I don't feel like I, there's just too many people there to deal with. Like I feel like in a 24-hour period, it's like, okay, I can do this and not want to jump off of the top of the hotel. And so it'll be good. I think I'll be able to handle it. We'll be able to hang out, and I'll be able to be in that little press room. And it's a, it is a good time to catch up with people you haven't seen in a long time. CPAC is good good for that. And there's nothing wrong with the conference. People love it. I just don't want to really like i just don't enjoy that kind of environment i do like star trek though mm-hmm. of course you do. well you're a trek <laughs> kate uh, scanlon you might try, not, to get, you, try to get there on time this time though billy because i don't know if i know the media people so if i have to get your credentials for you i don't know if that's going to be as smooth as it was at march for life yeah tell him uh, there's, tell him there's yeah. going to be a free buffet he'll be there on time I will be. I will be there at four a.m. Wait, I'll be ready. Um, anyway, what were you going to say? I feel like you were going to say something irrelevant. What I, was it? Probably not. I don't remember. Well, Scanlon, it was fun hanging out with you. And honestly, you guys, I'm just going to keep getting fatter. Keep making fun of me. Keep getting fatter. You can just keep making fat jokes because Chris wants to do a whole segment today on how fat shaming should be a thing. By the way, we should all fat shame. We talked. Scanlon and I talked about this already too. She was, I honestly, I honestly, I was writing about. Lena Dunham. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> she was writing. She's writing a story. He she, sends me, go ahead. He sends me this article about this guy who thinks that it's healthier for people to fat shame them. And I said, are you telling me you want me to fat shame you? Is that what's happening here? But he was just making a Lena Dunham joke. I love it. A brilliant, well, a brilliant Lena Dunham joke, by the way. <laughs> uh, how is she still famous? Am I the only one who does not understand... How she crawled out of a swamp somewhere and I became famous. I'm totally like somebody clueless. was like that girl. I'm not sure anyone understands. I don't know. She's not a bad writer. Not a bad writer. I think that's no. What, you know, no, she, no, no, no. She she's wrote, talented. She she wrote some interesting scripts probably, and then she cast herself in the scripts, and so that's how she became famous. You know, because if she's not in, <laughs> if she's not in the girls' show that she wrote, then she's not famous, right? I mean, she's not. The reason she gets the attention is because she wrote and was in, starred in the show. 
So I just exercised just my Christianity because I had a great joke that I held back <laughs> and I'm not going to share it. Right now, I'm not going to share it. It's about, about her and I'm being nice <laughs> and Christian. Well, look at you, Mr. Christian. There you go. Okay. Well, Scanlon, you got anything, right, Scanlon, you, got anything else real. you wanted to tell us or say or... We're sorry to bother you. Well, not really that sorry. It's a, you know, it's, it's kind of late, but it's <laughs> no, it's just great to talk to you guys. So, are you are you do did you are you in the middle of doing a, some sort of Harry Potter Mary movie marathon right now, or are you surrounded <laughs> by cats, or what do you what do you what do you do on a Sunday <laughs> evening? You are going to hell. Don't you think she? Wait, just a second. Now, this, Scanlon. This particular. Oh, sorry. Go Scanlon, ahead. plug your ears for just a second. Don't you think, Billy, that Scanlon comes? It might. Like has like crazy cat lady tendencies. Um, I feel like I don't know. I feel like it's more of like a lizard thing. Like, do you have lizards? <laughs> I can see you with yeah, lizards. Do you have lizards, Scanlon? I do not. I'm actually allergic to cats, so crazy cat lady is not an option on the table for me. Oh, yeah, okay. you don't seem like a crazy cat lady. Like, I she feel like she you have some like weird animal, like like some I sort did of have magic hamsters growing up. Of course, she did. Uh, oh, you mean pretty pretty rats? <laughs> She's. I, I expect her to have some sort of like magical animal. Like if there were like like a unicorn, like a unicorn or some sort of like a or a jackalope or something, some sort of animal that's like pretend. But somehow Scanlon would find a real one and a own Trump. it. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Of course Trump would. is like a cross between a Furby and like a demon. All right. So. All right. Scanlon, we're going to let you go now. And um, you can call your 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 parents and your brothers and let them know that you start on the show. Because <laughs> I know how I thrilled will, I will. They they've been listening to the show ever since you guys prank called me. <laughs> well, we called them. We didn't. Call I, know, them. I was actually afraid it was going to happen again tonight. Yeah, Billy so said, we... "I have two numbers. I have two numbers here for Scanlon. I'm not sure which one's the right one." I knew got, though. I remembered. Right I remembered. I had Billy, our text when conversation. When I get off the phone with you guys, I'm going to text you which number is the right number, so you have. Oh, I know. Well, we, I we, know which we one got, is. We actually honestly. got the right one, so we plugged in the right number and it worked <laughs> okay. out. So we didn't call your parents. Okay. I won't call your parents ever again. I promise. <laughs> well, maybe we should though. I maybe think they could, would like it. I, I think, think they, they would, would like too. It, in fact, I bet we could get some interesting information about Scanlon. <laughs> we should do a whole segment where we just embarrass people by calling their oh, loved ones. That would be fantastic. All right, put okay. it on the docket. Okay, it's written down. All right, Scanlon, it's been real. All right, later, Scanlon. Bye guys. Bye bye. You hang up on people so politely. Don't I you remember when I'm like, gotta go? I, I haven't hung up. I haven't hung up yet. Did she hang up? Are you still there, Scanlon? Well, I was. I was waiting for like. <laughs> she is there. I didn't hit the button. Sorry, I missed the. I tried clicking and nothing He's was so clicking. So polite. I just okay. hang up on people. So now, so Scanlon, you because we're leaving now. Are you leaving? <coughs> I'm leaving. Now. Okay, get out. <laughs> I can't. <Okay. laughs> you know what? With that, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, Billy Hallowell and Chris Field, the Church Boys. From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. I hate these guys. Isn't that just a lovely conversation to start the day with? <laughs> I love Scanlon, by the way. I just, she really is just a good kid. She, I mean, she works yeah. hard. She does whatever she needs to do. She's willing to take instruction. She's a good, she does a good job writing and, and, uh, and, um, takes, she's, you know, a lot of writers get overly sensitive about editing their work. She's not that way. She's just, she's just a cool kid. So, 
Well, anyway. there you go. What did I say we should talk about when we get when we actually start the show? What we're gonna put at the top of the list? I've forgotten already. It's been like six minutes. And I, I don't know, but I need to bring oh, this I know one up. First of all, I can hear myself echoing, which is you know a real joy because yeah. I do love to hear myself. Yeah, but you're not echoing on on the board yeah, at all. Yeah, it stopped. It stopped. It was just merely oh. happening. Yeah, by the way, everyone the, listening, we have a new system that is supposed to be when you I'm actually haunted by demons that refuse <laughs> to allow me to operate technology properly because I have a beautiful new studio set up at home, but a horribly that, low IQ. Right. That is just, you know, been a disaster. Uh, but because I because no, this is Apple's fault and I don't I'm it not is. taking it the blame is. for this I know. one. I know. I know. We complained about I have it last to use an time. Adapter I now. I know. And it it screws up everything. It's awful. Because it's awful. Anyway, before we get into anything, the Grammys, we're recording oh. this Sunday night. Oh, they're on well, right what? now? You're excited. Wait, wait, yeah. wait. They're on right now? Yeah. I, I think. have no yeah. idea. I, well, I, have well, yeah. a, I have a question. Is, is, a, is there any chance a good friend of ours will be winning his first Grammy? I don't think so. I uh, probably didn't get nominated, did he? Freaking Toby Mac will probably win again. Um, so every year Toby Mac wins, but but this is kind of crazy. Have you seen this this headline about this girl, a singer named Joy Villa, Via Joy Villa? I guess no. She showed up <laughs> to the Grammys. I gotta send you a link to this. Wearing a Donald Trump dress. It literally <laughs> says "Make America Great Again" down it, and then around this giant—I don't know how to describe it—like portion of the dress, it says Trump in big letters. Grammy's Donald it's, Trump dress. It's it's absurd, and nobody knows why. And nobody knows why. Oh wait, wait, wait! Kate Scanlon just sent me a text. Sorry if it was mean. I knew it would make Fields laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, she can't even like be pretend mean and, no, and she'll be so able, nice. have a clear conscience about it. Conscience about it. <laughs> well, all right. So anyway, this this Donald Trump dress, which is bizarre. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if this woman's making fun of him, if she's. But have you seen a picture of it yet? Did you pull yeah, it I up? Just, I just found it. Joy Villa invite un, Joy Villa or Villa. I don't know. Unveils Donald Trump Make America Great Again dress at the Grammy red carpet. <laughs> it's hysterical. I don't care if it's. I can't. It's clearly a, a ploy for attention, but it, it, she wins. It's amazing. That's funny. Mainly because everyone probably wanted to spit on her. But I don't understand it. I don't understand. What? It's obviously just a sad cry for attention because there's no statement about whether she agrees or disagrees with it. Well, she's trending on Twitter right now. She's the third biggest trend. Hey, it worked, right? That's what she wanted. It worked. Now everybody's going to be saying, who's this chick? You know, right. like, like you exactly. and I are, you know, but I don't, I'm too lazy to go actually do a Google search for. Can so, I complain for a minute though? Yes, Nothing makes me more insane than when some, when a celebrity takes like a Getty photo. Cause if you go to her official Twitter account, it's, it's a picture of her in the avatar, but it's a Getty, a Getty photo that she didn't have rights to that says Getty all over. Oh, it's got the watermark on it. Yeah. That it's like, why funny. are you taking a picture of yourself <laughs> from Getty and not even, you're not even willing to pay for it That's and you're funny. putting it up on your, I can't, um, Anyway, anyway, uh, on to real well, things. I, I remember what it was. It was the prior breakfast. Oh, oh the what we're we going to talk about? With the remember, Trump says oh, to hell with it sometime, and your um, friend yes. was crying, and <laughs> but yes, but so I thought I thought that the outrage that he talked about the Apprentice, everybody's mocking him for talking. I thought, why are you being? Why is? Why are we mocking him for bringing up the Apprentice? He was just introduced by the guy who created the Apprentice. And who told this long and extremely actually interesting story about the creation of The Apprentice and getting Donald Trump to do The Apprentice. 
I mean, Mark I Burnett, actually, yeah. right? It was, an, it was. I thought the story was fascinating about how they well, how I they love met. Mark and Roma. Yeah, we've had them on the show. Yeah, I, I love them. I thought it was a fascinating story, and and I thought and I'm I would I would have been surprised if anybody didn't make a reference to the Apprentice after that introduction, regardless of who the person was. was but did you see the media even giving a lot of outlets didn't even mention from what I saw that Mark Burnett was introducing him or if they did, they didn't mention the context right. of him. Talk. Here's the thing. I said, and I have a whole theory about this. You wouldn't cover the Mark Burnett story because it makes Trump look good. Right. And, and this is what, and, and look, Trump says plenty of things that make him look bad. So we don't need to invent them. They're there. Right. right. But to ignore it almost seems intentional because it's, yep. I mean, he said a few things in that speech. They, they negotiate one-on-one. They always have, they don't involve attorneys or others. When they make it a deal, they make a deal one-on-one. Right. He talked about, um, just a lot of things. They never had a crossword in 15 years with each other, which I found really interesting. Yeah. Um, clearly, Mark Burnett, who has a lot to lose by associating with Trump, has he really is friends with him, and he yeah. has maintained that friendship throughout all of this and was willing to show up to the prayer breakfast and deliver that speech to introduce him, which I think says something about Mark Burnett. Yeah, absolutely. Love Trump or hate him. Right. It's, loyalty. It, it's, it's, it is a sign of, you're going to call me a typical concern, it's a sign of an absolute anti-Trump bias that... Almost all of the stories that reported Trump talked about the ratings of The Apprentice and, you know, gave Arnold Schwarzenegger a hard time about current ratings. And he dared to mention The Apprentice like he just was introduced by the creator of The Apprentice who talked about the. It obviously was in context what he said. And it was a joke. I mean, and look. I loved and, and the Arnold Schwarzenegger joke that he made about pray for Arnold Schwarzenegger, I thought was hilarious. I loved it. And the fact and then, that Arnold yeah. and then Arnold responded, which I also thought was a great response. And the fact they're going back and forth, it's all about trying to improve rating. If anybody anybody who can't see that it's not a petty fight, but it's simply an attempt to increase the ratings for the apprentice is an idiot. These guys now, are some just people having, are angry about that. And they're having because, fun with it. I don't think that Donald Trump and Arnold Schwarzenegger are enemies. I don't think they dislike each no, other. I don't either. He's the executive producer of the show. Let's I not th- forget that. I think I think it's just simply a it is they're having a good time and they know it'll be good for ratings. I don't understand how anybody doesn't understand what that that what that is. Do you think it's a conflict of interest that because he's he's profiting from the show still and is an executive producer that he would insert that if that was the aim? Oh, I don't even I don't I is it a conflict of interest? Possibly. Do I care? I do not. Not at all. I think I mean, that was a good nature. Producer. I think that was a good natured joke with with it has the benefit of helping the ratings, which I'm but sure is in their no, mind. There was a story we did on Faithwire where we, we I pulled out the six moments or the nine moments, I can't remember, the, of Trump's speech that were actually like, I think we said oddly theological. You know, yeah. now, and, and the thing is, obviously, <laughs> nobody's sitting around thinking that Trump is a pastor or no. that he follows Christianity the way that no. you or I or others do. I don't know his heart. I'm not going to judge him, but I know that the fruits have not lined up with what he says he believes always fine. But he he actually had a lot of remarks in that speech. <laughs> that I found to be very interesting and actually um, encouraging in some ways. And yeah. I thought, huh, if this wasn't Trump, I'd be like, wow, this is a great speech. So I, right. I, they didn't cover that, though. None of that got coverage. The majority of the speech was about faith and that we we have souls. And he actually said we have souls. And, and I thought, OK, look, somebody wrote it for him, obviously. Right. And I don't um, I don't know if he I don't know if he believes a single word of what he said. I don't know. Right. But I thought that but it the was content, still a good speech, the content that he delivered delivered was good content for that audience and for the country i thought i, I don't know I if, so again too. i don't know if he believed a word of it i thought so too and i think you know, i think we need to look 
Trump, again, Trump does enough stuff that causes problems on his own. Yeah. But I think the continued media narrative, what the media are doing is they're acting as though suddenly, and we've talked about this, everyone suddenly hates the media and Trump's going I after know. them. I know. Everyone's hated the media for decades. Like, let's not pretend that isn't the case. And he's, right? he's considered more, tra- the latest, the latest was it was a Pew Research, who did the, who did the poll or Emerson, somebody to put out that poll. He's more trusted than the media. His administration <laughs> is. Which is hilarious. By like almost two to one. It's ridiculous. He's got he's well, his his uh, his trustworthiness among the people is like forty nine to forty eight. He's forty nine percent. He say he's he say the Trump administration, not him. The Trump administration is trustworthy, or tells the truth, and forty eight percent say no. And the media, it's like thirty five percent. So it's not two to one, but it's it's less. It's significantly lower than than Trump, significantly. I, and it has always <sighs> been that way. I think they. I think they're really delusional. I think a yeah. lot. You and I both yeah. understand how the media works, right? Yeah. I think there's this insane delusion that all of a sudden, and unfortunately, because Trump is who he is, he he gives way to some of this, right? Because instead of he doesn't always pick the best battles, he invents yeah. things that don't need to be invented. Doesn't, he, he doesn't always pick. The, he <laughs> almost always picks the worst battles. Agreed. <laughs> um, it's like if you closed your eyes and flipped a coin, right? <laughs> You'd, you'd have a better shot of picking a better battle. I agree. And and so it, it gives them this sort of out to be like, wow, we're suddenly being attacked. And it's like right. you haven't been doing your job for decades and you've had people on <laughs> exactly. your butts because you aren't doing the, what you should exactly. be doing. You're not being fair. You're biased. And and so now they almost have an excuse to be biased. <laughs> oh, we're protecting the American public from this horrible That's person they, who became president. It's right. like, well. No, the American public also needs to be protected from you because you don't do your job either. And now you're doing right. it even worse than ever. Right. Like, and that's that's the amazing thing about the media is, listen, there's a part of the reason the media is so universally hated. Right. Listen, I'm a I'm not a journalist. I don't consider myself, but I surround myself with them and my and the coworkers that I have, including Scanlon, know my thoughts about journalists. And that is I hate journalists. It is the most self-important industry on the planet. They're the most loathsome, horrible. Now, I'm not saying the people at the blaze are. I'm just saying journalists in general (laughs) are the most loathsome, horrible, self-serving, self-centered, awful people. And the idea that they're trying to glorify themselves by saying we're looking out for the American people is just astounding. No, you're looking for attention. That's why if anybody published your stuff without a byline, you'd throw a hissy fit. That's why if you can't get camera time, you go crazy. That's why it's dangerous for anybody to stand between you and a camera. (laughs) <laughs> you want ink. You want column space. You want everything. And, and the fact is they want the attention. They are attention whores. That's how it is. And the the idea that, well, all I want to do is, is serve the American people and help them. Uh, for the most part, BS. Now, there are some good journalists out there, including Jake Tapper. But guess what? Jake Tapper does the job he does. If Jake Tapper weren't allowed to have a camera and didn't get to have a byline, Jake Tapper wouldn't do what he does. Because he wouldn't. his number one goal is... Is argue he would argue, and he has he has shown had enough of a history to show that perhaps this is true. But his number one argument would be, I'm looking out for the people. I want to tell the truth. I want to confront our government when it's doing the wrong things or when it's doing the right things. I just want to report and keep people honest. Okay, but would you do it if you didn't have a byline or a camera? If your face wasn't on the screen or your name wasn't on the on the piece, whether it was on a website or a newspaper, would you still do it? And the fact is, most of them would would have conniptions. If they didn't yeah. have byline or their face on the screen when they're saying it, I just can't get I can't get past, and I wish you would stop giving them 
fuel because when he when he does when he picks these stupid battles, he gives them fuel for the fire. Right. But look, they predicted every. He is right. For once, Trump is right. They've predicted everything wrong the entire time. They <laughs> they had us all believing that you know that woman in Chappaqua was going to be president. No, and hey, you know, listen, I don't think I don't think that they've been predicting <laughs> things wrong every time. The fact the fact and the fact is the polling was right. Yes, the polling agreed. said she was going to win the number of votes by about two and a half percent. And guess what? She won by about two and a half points, period. Can That's- you talk about that for a minute, though? Because uh, conservatives, just listen to me, please, because I've been in one too many battles about this and it's going to make me lose my mind. You look very stupid when you say the polls, were, the polls were not wrong. The Electoral College is different from the polls. And I sound right. like a jerk right now, but it's because I've had 15 conversations about this with people who still don't cannot get it. Get they it. Don't get it. When Trump says the polls are rigged, he's acting insane. He's right. saying something that is idiotic. It is not right. true. The polls were not rigged. Right. I do think the media narrative was yes. definitely rigged, Correct. quote unquote. Correct. Yes. The but narrative the was wrong. Oh, the narrative wasn't just rigged. The narrative was wrong. The narrative turned out right. wrong. That was a slam right. dunk, including, by the way, people on the right, including me. I had, you and I had this conversation on there. You said, I think there's a chance to go. And I said, there's not a chance in the world. That's why I was willing to bet a steak dinner on it. I, I really believe. Me. Right. Which, which you're welcome to come here and I'll cook you a steak. <laughs> but I really do. I really did believe that he was going to win. And because I bought the narrative and I also propagated the narrative. But the fact is the narrative was wrong. The polls were actually right. Right. But when you don't take it now, that said, there were some of the polls that were incorrect within some of the states. He yes. was not predicted to win Michigan, Wisconsin, or Pennsylvania. It was predicted to be kind of close, but the polling within those states was, <laughs> was inaccurate. But the national polling, the national polling was accurate. Well, look, there's something else that you can't measure here. And I think it was more pertinent in this election than any other election is this notion of people being afraid to admit it. And really, I think even and we don't, I don't know that this is true, but when they're polled about it, I mean, if you had asked me up until two weeks before, I would have said I'm probably not voting for either of them, even though right. I, I right. fought with you forever and said, right. you have to vote for one. You have to vote for one. I, I got to a point where I said I can't do it. I do think a lot of people held back because they didn't want to be judged. They didn't yeah. want to be looked at like they were stupid or they were idiotic or they were whatever because they made that choice. Yeah. And I know people, well-known people who voted for him and who would not say it publicly because they didn't want to yeah. have that happen. Yeah. So, you know, and and look, same goes for Clinton. There were people maybe who didn't want to admit that they were, especially evangelicals, they were going to vote for Clinton because right. they felt, gosh, what are people going to say about me at church? Yeah. Um, you know, and I just think there, there was a lot at stake here that didn't quite make sense. But the polls were not rigged. The, right. Overall, the national polls were not rigged. Right. I assure you all they were not. Nah. So stop Trump. Stop saying it, please. That's <laughs> not obnoxious. It's all right. <laughs> now, speaking of Trump, we just went through a battle to get uh, the Republicans did to get Jeff concessions confirmed, but even more importantly to get, well, more importantly to the, as far as the fight was going, that was going on, getting Betsy DeVos confirmed. Oh, Betsy. Now, is this something you want to talk about now? Do we, should we get into this? Do you want to, should we I go, think we or should, should we, we the time? I said you, we get into it. Do you want to do an interview and then we'll get out of the interview and we'll go and we'll, yes. and we'll do the, okay. So what interview are we doing? So we've got Craig, Pastor Craig Groeschel from Life.Church. Um, okay. It was LifeChurch.tv. They changed their name. But this is the pastor who I think they've got like 100,000 total viewers and church members. It's the biggest wow. online church. But they have physical locations too. Right. Um, and they have, an, I think their main base is in Oklahoma. But they're the people who brought the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app. They're the one who brought that to fruition, created it. And we've had Bobby Gruwald on this show who actually created that app. And so Craig... Right. I've been trying to track this guy down for years. Come on our show, right? He doesn't like to do media. Do though. 
He doesn't like to do media, though. No, no, which I, I really kind of like about him. Like, yeah. he'll put a book out, which is what we, he has a new book out. We talked about it um, in this interview. But, you know, he'll put a book out and he'll do like a day or two of interviews from what I've heard. And then he's kind of done. Like, right. he has a very restricted interview. <laughs> he's not interested in going on book tours, I don't think, um, which I, I respect. And, I, and right. from, and you'll hear this in the interview, we talked about life balance and how somebody like him finds life balance as a Christian. And there was a lot of really interesting conversation. We also talked about division. And I told him, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you any political questions. I am going to ask you, however, how the hell do we navigate this insane division? Tell me you said how the, tell me you said how the hell do we navigate this? Uh, to the I pastor? pulled the Trump. I oh, did. you no, did? I didn't. Okay. I don't think he would have cared, but I didn't. No, he wouldn't have. All right. So are you ready to roll this then? Let's roll it. It's Billy Hollowell here with the Church Boys Podcast, and I'm excited to have Pastor Craig Rochelle of Life Church on the line. How are you doing today? Hey, Bill, I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me on with you. Well, thanks for coming on. I've got a lot of questions for you, but I want to start um, with divine direction. And I just want to ask you, um, you know, I've worked on I've worked on two books, and I'm I'm always intrigued what drives um, a particular topic. And so I wanted to ask you, why did you choose to write this book? That's a great question. You know, yeah, if you write, you know the you know what goes into it. The, uh, as a pastor, you know, for 26 years now, I've noticed again and again and again, probably the by far the most commonly asked question falls somewhere under the category of how do I know what I'm supposed to do? What is God's direction for my life? And I, I just can't tell. And I think there's so many people that have this kind of this illusion that there's just this one track. And if I make any single wrong decision, I've missed it forever. And so there's a lot of fear um, a lot of difficulty in making decisions and and hesitation. And so what I wanted to do is really demystify that and show that a successful life, a lot of people would look at you and say, hey, Billy, he's a, he's a young guy, but look at the influence he has. He must have made a couple of really big decisions to get there. And you know so much better than that. You would say, I, I guarantee, no, actually it was you know hundreds or even thousands of really small decisions day after day after day that led to the impact that you're having now. It's, it's often the small things that no one sees that leads to the big results that everyone wants. And so I'm really trying to guide the reader into seven seven decisions that we can all make, that if we make these faithfully over time, we really can get to a great place in life. And, and this divine direction, not destination, we don't arrive. We're always moving in the direction God wants us to go. And so that's why I wrote Divine Direction. I love that. No, and, it, and it's so important. I feel like now more than ever, because we're all so busy, we're all, I mean, I, I was just thinking this morning, I'm like, man, I'm on my smartphone, an iPad or a computer, like 20 hours a day. And that can't, like, mm -hmm. that can't really be good. You know, and you start to think through, you're inundated with so much stuff and everybody is, regardless of, of what they're doing in life, most people are. Mm -hmm. um, and so I feel like it's harder than ever to stay on track if you're not really trying. And even when you are trying, because of all these distractions, it's, it's tough. And so this is sort of, um, I don't want to say it's a silly question because I, I think it's an important one, but I, I think it's so easy to lose track um, so I wanted to ask, why do you? Why is it important to make sure that we're continuously living lives that are in line with biblical principles? Well, the, it, it, that's not a silly question because, in fact, my wife Amy and I were just talking about you know several people close to us that are very involved in the church and have made decisions that are you know directly opposed to the teaching of Jesus and are facing massive consequences. And there's almost a disconnect today. There's almost the ability to say. 
yeah, I believe in God, or yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I'm still going to do whatever I want. And, you know, if, if, if we're trying to walk in, in a certain direction and I take one step um, off of that trajectory, you know, over, over a distance, I'm going to end up a long, long way from that intended target. And so that's why I think every single day we have to wake up and, and make the decisions in front of us with integrity. But what's interesting when you think about it, you know, what are we today? We are essentially the result of the decisions that we made in the past. Who are we going to be tomorrow? We're essentially going to be the result of the decisions that we're making today. And yet there aren't classes on making decisions. You know, you go all the way through high school, college. I've got a master's degree, master's of divinity, and I didn't have a single class anywhere that taught me to make great decisions. And when you really study um, kind of the science behind decision-making or spiritual principles behind it, you find that we often make very permanent decisions based on temporary emotions and and especially you know the generation you're working with today uh so many millennials uh they are they are barraged with so many different options that there's a there's often a paralysis like i don't know which one to make i can't make a perfect decision so i end up making no decision which is actually a really bad decision and so i love talking about this subject how do we make the right decision today day after day after day that leads us to the right path no and i love that and i think yeah, I look at kind of where we are, and this is more my view. I culturally, it feels harder and harder to make the right decision because being inundated, we're you know we're inundated with things that sort of tell us to make the wrong decision sometimes. And so, I was going to mm-hmm. ask you, what impact do you think culture is having on this dynamic of trying to stay with those principles, and how can we? be sure that we're overcoming that, if that makes sense. So that's a fascinating question. You can get, well, there's so many ways to look at it. You know, for one thing, you know, if I'm on an international flight and I've got seven choices of movies, I can choose one. But when I go on Netflix and I've got an unlimited choice, I can't choose a movie. The millennial generation is the Netflix generation. They've got a limited number of choices. It is, it's, it's easier to choose one of three things than it is to choose one of 3,000 things. And we've got a generation that's got 3,000 choices. You can walk down a cereal aisle and have 3,000 choices. You get on a you know, dating app of people that live in your community, and you can scroll for hours. And so it's, it really is it really is a challenge. And you know, I'm working with my, um, a couple of my kids now that are kind of making what they would consider life-directing decisions. And what I'm trying to help them understand is that what you do is not that big of a deal, meaning if you major in this major or that, that major, that's not nearly as big. The do is not nearly as big as the who. Okay, if we look at if we look at the teaching of Jesus, he doesn't talk a lot about your career, but he talks a lot about character. And so what I really, really believe is if we focus more on the who than the do. You look at social media, oh my gosh, it makes you compare, feel like a loser. Um, it, it'll drive you in the wrong areas. If we look at the teachings of Jesus, let's focus on the do. I mean, let's focus on the who, who we are, who we're supposed to be. And what I really believe, like I'm helping, you know, my one of my children right now and some of her friends is that if you get the who right, you'll make the right do decisions. But so often we're starting with what does God want me to do instead of who does who does he want me to become? We'll start with the who and then we'll get the do right over time. That's great. No, that's so true. And I feel like there's the obsession over, 
you know, getting the social numbers up, making sure people are following, you know, and, and all of, I mean, you start to get consumed with the wrong things. Even people who work in ministry sometimes fall into that, into that trap. And it's another thing to be sort of consumed by and you miss that mark. Yeah, I feel like I battle with it all the time. You know, just what, what are you measuring? What's the real win in life? And I feel like there's so many counterfeit wins today. Um, it's, it's, it's so, it's a, it's a daily battle to keep your priorities right. I mean, just the, the simple form of social media, which I have a love-hate relationship with, I think a lot of people do, I truly love it and embrace it, and I also, also hate what it does in me so often. And um, the, you know, the, the generation you're working with, their identity was formed around it. Mine wasn't. You know, I was, right. I was you know, a, an adult with children, um, but you know, when you've got, you've got a 14-year-old that it, their whole identity is being formed around how many followers do I have, how many likes do I get, how many share, you know, it's a, it's a really complicated thing. And I think it's, it's, it's creating challenges, um, identity challenges and purpose challenges and, and focus challenges and, and uh, as well as all the good things we know that it, it offers as well. So I'm going to ask you a loaded question that may be hard to answer, but I'll, I'll just throw it out there. Don't worry. It's not okay. political. I promise. Um, I'm not going to do that to you, but it's, you know, what is your biggest concern culturally? You know, and that's a general question about like where, where we are today. And, and maybe some of the things we're talking about here when it comes to the church and the future of the church. Mm-hmm. That is a super, super good question. I've got, I've got, um, tons and tons of things I'm excited about. There's a few things that I'm concerned about. Um, I'll, I'll give you two. One is that the consumer mindset of our generation, of, of all people today, is really, really scary when it comes to the church. The common language is, I can't find a church that meets my needs. <laughs> and what I want to help people understand is this. We, as Jesus followers, we are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. The church does not exist for us. We are the church, and we exist for the world. And so I really think this, this consumeristic mindset is diametrically opposed to who we should be as Jesus followers. That's one concern. The second concern I have, and I'm not sure totally what to do with this, because like our church has been on the forefront of leveraging technology to make a difference. We created the YouVersion Bible app, which I'm incredibly thankful um, for and proud of. We created the first church online that has you know, literally over 100,000 people from every country in, um, in the world that gathers online for a church experience. So now many people are equating church with receiving content, meaning I don't necessarily have to go to a building, and I don't think you have to go to a building to, to have these spiritual experiences, but they're receiving content in the form of podcast or, you know, watching on YouTube or whatever. And I think that we're missing so much power in the face-to-face interaction. And so I'm asking myself the question, what, what does continue to draw people together? I think the church is the gathering where we're gathered together. It's not me listening to a message while I'm on a treadmill at the gym. I think that's a, a helpful additive, but it's not the true substance. And so people are coming to church far um, less frequently it used to be, you know, people would come three or four weekends a month, and now a very committed church attender is so busy with so much going on, they may come once a month, and that's that's the norm. And if I've only got a person in, you know, under my influence for an hour a month, it's going to be really difficult to help them be um, spiritually successful in this world today. So that's a real big concern to me that I'm, I'm working every day to address. 
Yeah, and it's interesting because, yeah, you, you live in that world of both. But, you know, creating community and, and I fall into when I'm traveling or I have things going on where I'm, I'm only watching and I'll go, I mean, I'll admit this, I've gone you know, months before of not physically going and I've watched you and I've watched others and I've kind of like just relied on that for church. And, you know, my wife and I will say, gosh, we're not, you know, we're not getting the community and it's also not good for the kids because they don't, you know, they're not sitting in on sermons and they're not in Sunday school then. So, you know, it's, it is a, mm-hmm. it's an easy trap to, to fall into. And so that's, that's really interesting. I, you know, I wanted to ask you, you've got 26 campuses, correct? Correct, yes. So 26 campuses, you, you said over 100,000 people. How do you keep it all grounded? And you, and you do. I mean, it, it's amazing. But how do, you, how do you keep that all organized and not allow the chaos of managing all of that to overtake you in addition to books and everything else? Because you seem to have a good balance. Well, so, sometimes it does feel overwhelming, so I'm not going to lie about that. But you know, the, the bottom line is, is you, you surround yourself with great people. And I love to teach on leadership. You, you know, you don't, you don't find great people; you build great people. And we're going to look for the, we're going to look for people with great potential, invest in them, and then let them go. So, uh, it's it would shock most people in the church to find out all the things I don't know that I'm not involved in. And so it's literally, you know, when when there's a campus pastor, he or she is leading their location, and I've got I don't know maybe three locations I haven't been to yet at all. And and I will. I just haven't gotten to them yet because they've been built, and, and I've you know I've been to three this year so far. Um, that's not my home place, but I haven't gotten to them all yet. And that's just that's part of it. So it's, it's empowering great people, it's trusting great people, and it's knowing. A lot of times people can infuse multi-site, and they think it's more about the person on the screen, and it's not. It's more about the people that are there. So it has to be way, way, way less about me. And you have to give ministry away, and then that's that's when it really works well is when people own it, um, and and make wise decisions over time. And so, I'm just thankful to have a great great group of people. So another another loaded question, which might be hard, and you can give more than one. But you know, what has been the biggest lesson for you in building this amazing church and and you version and all the things that you guys have have done? What what's the big takeaway for you? Well, um, you know, several things, you know, one of, the, one of the things is that you, you have to fail a lot in order to succeed. I didn't realize that before. Like version wasn't originally the idea to be a Bible app. It was actually a failed website. We, we recognized that people were not in, we, we probably had the least, um, engaged generation around scripture. And so we wanted to try to solve that problem. And this was years ago, we created a website that was supposed to be kind of like Facebook at the time, YouTube and the Bible, where we created community around content that engaged scripture. And it failed miserably. We didn't even like it. And so we were about to kill it. And that was just before um, apps came out. We said, well, what if we turn this to an app? Well, we had the first Bible app with 88,000 downloads the first weekend, and now years later, over a quarter of a billion. You know, and so that was born out of a failure. So one of the things I've learned is you, you have to fail a lot in order to succeed. Uh, I think, you know, I've done this for 21 years, and I, I've already said it, but I cannot say it enough. You have to have the right people around you. It's just, it matters more than you can imagine. I've had, in the 21 years of leading this church, the same executive team of leaders that have been together for 18 years. Wow. That you almost, you almost can't find that anywhere. That's rare. That's special. 
there are times when I wanted to fire them all. There are times when they all wanted to fire me. There, you know, but to keep a team together like that is I, that's one of the things I'm most proud of, and that's just that's rare. So I think consistency of people investing in people. We just don't have turnover at the top. I mean, we just don't. Our top leaders stay with us, and you have to create a culture where your best where where people get better and your best people don't want to leave. They 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 buy and they, there's full buy into the mission. And without that, especially when you have turnover at the top, your your organization's always going to struggle. And that's just something something I'm blessed that we don't have. So my last question for you, um, you know, we are living in a strange time in a lot of ways. And we talk about you know, divine direction here. We talk about your book and, and individuals on the course of, of following biblical principles. But we also have a really divided public, people fighting, going back and forth. We talk about social media and, and we see a lot of that happening there. Um, what would you say, like, what would your advice be to Christians and, and everyone, but, but mainly believers about how to proceed and make sure that they're living out that divine direction and the way they're interacting with others in light of everything that's been go- all the chaos and consternation and fighting that's been going on. Yeah. You know, that's such a good question. It's so, so important. And it's, it's been heartbreaking just like even in our church to see how hateful and rude Jesus followers can be, you know, to each other. And then even more so to people who are not, not believers. One thing I, I think we have to recognize, and this is, my gosh, like I'm 49, you're sitting here 30, 30 something. 33, yeah. People kind of like my age and, and older, you know, I sometimes I just want to sit them down and slap them and say, look, there are people who disagree with you politically that still love Jesus. And you have, you have to start there. Um, you know, and you have to acknowledge that there are people that voted different than you that actually do love Jesus. Right. And, and on both sides, I'm, you know, very, very serious. That's, you have to start there, and and when you when you can when you can understand sometimes get get to know someone's context, you can help better understand their view. And a lot of times we're unwilling to hear someone's story that gives us insight to their view. So rather, you're not going to solve. You know, my gosh, Facebook is like an embarrassing place to air your. You know, it's not a journal. It's it's a public forum. Treat it like that, um, and recognize people people are watching. Uh, what we want to do is be a witness wherever we are, and instead of instead of trying to correct people and, and help them be right, Jesus Jesus did not call us to be right; he called us to be loving. Okay, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to say that again. He didn't call us to be right; he called us to be loving. Uh, and if we can start with a loving attitude, then maybe um, we can grow and be a better witness. And and you know, it's it, you're right, man. It's it's a we live in great times and difficult times, and, and it's it's messy out there. But that's where the gospel—that's why the gospel works—is it's, it's the grace of Jesus, and when we show His love and do it with integrity, um, you can reach a lot of people and, and make a big difference. And I just, you know, I just want to say, for the record, too, I, I just applaud what you're doing, your spirit, the way you represent things. It's—it's. It's, uh, I notice it. Read your articles and see what you do, and, and you're making a difference. Well, I appreciate that, and I really appreciate you taking the time today. We're going to make sure we link out to Divine Direction and uh, out to the church as well. And we love the Version Bible app, so we'll, we'll link out there too. Appreciate your time. Good. Hey, thanks so much, Billy. I'll, I'll look for your work, man. Back to the church boys. So, all right, during the break, Billy 
throws this at me, just expecting me not to react. Um, we got another smart item, by the way, for our house. I thought, oh, you've got to be kidding me. It's, I, and then I asked him, he said, what was it? And they go, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Tell me on when we get back to the show. So he is now going to reveal the new smart item for his dumb house. Okay, so we've already reviewed that I have, and I, I call it an Alexa, but it's an Echo. I have an Echo. I have an Echo Dot. So we have two Alexa tools. In you say house. Alexa. He said, no, how do you get the Alexa to work? How does it? I've not used one. It you connects say, right to your wireless, and you just, just say, talk hey, to it. you just say, "Hey Alexa." Hey Alexa, what's the weather today? No, is what's it in the, the room? Would it have just heard you right now? It's up. No, thank God. Okay. I was gonna get one down in the office, but no, we ha it's in the living room. So if you bring up, you could change Alexa's name to something else too. But oh, you can. No, I didn't can. know that. So you well, could, because you, what if your kid's name is like Alexis or right, something? Right. So you could um, you could change it like Hey Bernice or whatever. Yes, okay. exactly. I want to name mine Bernie Sanders, but my wife won't let me. Um, so anyway, you can name it whatever you want, and then it will talk back to you. <laughs> the weather is. <laughs> you shouldn't Sorry. be outdoors anyway. <laughs> I can't. Um, anyway, so so you just talk to it. Now that is connected to the Nest. We have one Nest. We have three different zones in our house for Wait, heating. But we your only Alexa have, is connected only. to your Nest somehow. Yeah. So we could say Alexa, put the temperature in the living room up to dot dot dot. You know, whatever. Now yesterday she was having a very hard time with that. I kept saying, please raise it to seventy two, and she's like, I can only raise the temperature between fifty and ninety degrees. And I was like, right. I said seventy two. Um, Dumb broad. Anyway idiot but um so and then we have and then we have and i'm not going to say what system it is because i don't want to here's the here's the deal you had you asked alexa to do that because why you didn't want to get up off the couch well here's the worst part i could do it for my phone too um but so anyway now and then we have another system for security that is a smart system and with that has motion detectors and stuff in the house is and there, is there a sound is there there doesn't a soundboard attached to this <laughs> security system right so you like you can actually manage it Yes, and well, there is a there is a alarm that goes off if somebody comes comes in. Have um, you have you been able to make it actually work correctly? Yes, yeah, it's all set up. It's great. It's actually really we had. I find <laughs> it hard to believe. You. Did you have Andrea set this up? Because there's no way you set it up and it. I works. set it up, but let me tell you, I actually have a story about this. Okay, when I went to D.C. for the prayer breakfast, Andrea had to stay. She had to be at work very early, so she stayed with her parents with the kids, um, so she could get to work quicker, and. <laughs> She gets an alert on her phone. There's an intrusion downstairs in the house. And she's like panicking and trying to call me, but I'm in this prayer breakfast. So they call nine. She calls 911 because oh, she's no. not anywhere near the house. And she's like, I'm getting an alert that I have an intrusion in the house. And they're like, they're like, okay, we'll go check it out. They go check it out. They're like, it's fine. But my father-in-law's like, no, we gotta go. We we need to because she was returning home the next day without me. And he's like, I want to make sure it's fine. So they come to the house, they make the drive, they come up, and it turned out that I did not. Because I could not drill this one particular piece into our new slider. Um, I used the kit that they gave me, but it fell off. The cold just didn't, it didn't allow it to stick. And so when the sensor fell off, it made it deploy and it went off. So it's funny now. It was not funny in the moment. But she's like, I couldn't get a hold of you. I was like, I was underground at the Washington Hilton. How would I have even known this was happening? Um, so anyway, but it's overall, it's been a great system. Um, and it gives, it does tell you what's going on in the house now the new item is a nest now but it's it's not the thermostat it is a nest smoke detector and carbon monoxide detector which i have never been fully comfortable with the ones that we have in the house why uh, and you could because you know you spend 30 bucks 40 bucks on a good one 
And, you know, it doesn't speak to you. It doesn't talk. If something you, happens, I, I want to hear want, a voice. No, no, no. If, 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 I, <laughs> if there is smoke or fire in the house, I don't want a voice telling me, get out of the house. Because what if I'm asleep and that voice will get into dreaming? However, if I hear, <laughs> guess what? I'm, get, I'm getting up. Okay, so there's an alarm with it, but it, it will tell you also if there's carbon monoxide rising. Not if it, It'll tell you if there is smoke. It tells you where it is. There's smoke coming from downstairs. It tells you which part of the house it's in, which is great. Right. Um, so that is that is the last item, but that's probably a lie because I found out it's that not the system be the we have for item. security has uh, two other things. We have a leak problem downstairs with our wash basin and a couple of other things. Um, and I have this paranoia that our main water um, thing, thingamajob, will, right. will eventually leak. So for thirty bucks, I can get one more piece that will alert me if there's any leak. So you, for what for thirty more dollars, you can get an alert to tell you something that you'll know once you step in the door and realize that my carpet is soaked. And I, I have a better idea. Take the thirty dollars you would spend on that and put it toward, oh, I don't know, say, fixing the thing that might leak. Well, here's the thing. It's not broken. I'm paranoid about it. The, the, we have we have issues have down there, lot, but they're not anything that you could really fix. You have a lot of problems. I mean, I like know, mental problems. You got a lot of. I know. Well, got, but wait. I have one more thing to add. Uh, With all of this, I started wondering: Is this healthy for my family? I mean, we've got all these things going on. This smart home. So now I'm like paranoid that we have cancer in the air. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, should I get an electromagnetic? you know, detector? Should I like radiation detector? So that's where I am now. I've actually moved into now making sure the house isn't a cancer haven. So, so you've, wait, so you've brought in all this technology. Yes. Okay. To keep your family safe. Yes. And now you're worried that the can the technology you've brought into your home is going to give you all cancer. Well, I was and eating so wait, lunch wait, wait, the other wait, day no. and I was thinking about this. Which lunch was this? <laughs> Second <laughs> lunch, lunch number one. Okay. <laughs> So you've got all this technology to bring into your home to keep your family safe. And now you're afraid all this technology is going to give your family cancer. So now how are you dealing you to deal with the idea that the technology might be giving your family cancer? You brought in more technology to detect the cancer. Well, OK, I bought an electromagnetic detector and didn't read the fine print. And it was <laughs> this is actually really funny. Um, and I, I bought it at like 12 a.m. on my phone. I do like midnight shopping on my phone and then I regret it later because I'm like, this is not what I wanted because um, I'm so out of it. And so I bought it. It's a ghost detector. Oh, what? it actually wait, measures. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Oh, what is it? <laughs> I'm not even joking. It is a OK. It came and it's a, it's supposed to detect electromagnetic, you know, whatever. And you can use it apparently to see if there's a high level of, you know, radio signals going on right. between items in your house. Right. But this particular one is a ghost detector. It's, you know, and I saw the word ghost in the name and I thought, oh, it's like, I didn't think it meant that kind of ghost. <laughs> so you I are, returned it. Uh, You're exactly the kind of person that any site would like to have. As a, Billy, see this, co this mug here? It's actually a magic coffee mug that I'd be willing to sell you. If you drink it, it will give you super superhuman strength. If you drink coffee from it, it's only fifty dollars. It's only fifty dollars. I'd be willing to send it to you now. Let me finish what I've got I, in it first. Anyway, so I but I am I did start thinking. Hi, huh, I wonder if this is healthy. And and actually, there's a lot of discussion about this now. Are smart homes actually healthy for you? So we'll we'll find out. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I am done with the smart home stuff though. No, we're you're smart not. as we nope, want to be. It's not going to happen because you're going to do more. 
Well, we I do have the you. bedroom switch too, where we say light on. Alexa, Why? turn the light on. Don't you have light switches in your house? We Can't do. But you, here's or, the thing. You know, get the clapper. So, do that. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, well, that's the same kind of. I mean, what's the difference, really? The clapper's twenty bucks. This thing was actually or reach over. With, this was free. Wait, this was free with. Well, not free, but it was part of the initial system. So if I say Alexa, please turn my light off, which is usually what happens. You get in bed and you're reading. You, you don't want to get your butt out of bed again, so you just say you, Alexa, please Alexa, turn my light off. Alexa, please turn my light off. Your wife rolls over. Who's Alexa? <laughs> <laughs> I actually think those are pointless. Like I would never go and buy those because you really can just flip the switch no, off. Wait a second. You did go buy it. But it was part of the initial system. It was like right. an add-on it's, like they gave no, you as part no, of it. No, you. it wasn't free. Realize if they didn't have those and weren't, quote, giving them away, your system would have been cheaper. So you bought one. You just don't want to admit that you bought one. You bought one well, because was, you were look, so excited. You didn't have to install it, but you did. No. Well, we did. Of course right. we did. Because why? You couldn't be bothered to roll over and turn off the lights. Chris, let me tell you, you start making your house smart, and before you know it, everything is. I will not do lights. I will not do light fixtures. I will not tell Alexa to dim a light in my house. That's you ridiculous. will. But wait, 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 wait. What do you mean you won't? You already do. You just admitted that you tell Alexa, please, Alexa, please turn off the lights. Well, that turning is Alexa off a light and dimming a light is totally different. No, that's like ultimate dim light. The, the ultimate of dimming is to turn it off. You've dimmed right, it all the way down. Dimming is more annoying. Dimming is more. I'm not going to be like Alexa, dim my light. Do you understand? We have dimmer switches on our on our uh, on our light switches in our house. We have a dimmer switch on the family room, and, and we have that, and it's nice because you can set the mood. In fact, we're going to have dinner here in a little while, and we'll turn on a movie and. And dim the lights a little bit. But do you know what I say when I want the lights dim? Isabella, dim the lights. Colton, called, dim the lights. It's called why I have children. For the same reason that my pe- my father had children. Son, grab me the remote. That's why he had <laughs> well, it's kids. It's funny you say that. It's funny you say because we have not taught our kid any of the commands or anything. She doesn't even know. She knows that Alexa exists. <laughs> no, she will, she's, you're, she well, asks, your daughter's on her. Who's Alexa? Is that a sister I don't know about? Well, listen, she she asks Alexa to play Frost of the Snowman every day still since Christmas. Does and we're like, uh, Alexa does not have Frost of the Snowman. Oh, you she don't can't have, play it for you. Why don't? Why doesn't she? Don't you have that in your library? We do not have that in our library, actually, which we should. Oh, I forgot. You're, on our iPad. you're Jewish. I forgot. It's not. Uh, you're awful. Um, should we talk? Speaking of ghosts, should okay. we talk about Betsy DeVos? <laughs> okay. Haunting, haunting you and I American's had very, educational you guys, system. You and I had very interesting conversations about this this week with the whole DeVos thing. So, okay, go ahead. Go. DeVos. Right, Betsy so DeVos. I, I Set it up. Who she was, what the, what the debate was. Who she, right, who, Betsy DeVos is now the Secretary of Education. Right. Um, she is a very, which I think is interesting, a, a billionaire, a very right. wealthy woman. Well, she married a billionaire. Um, but she also came from wealth, But too, she's also been wealthy in her own right and from yes. her own family. But she married a billionaire. Uh, her husband, I can't remember his name, Mr. DeVos. Amway, right? Was, yeah, his money is, his. he's got Amway money. Now, look, she doesn't have to work. This is what I kind of respect about her. She could just sit on her butt and eat, you know, chocolate all day. and which you know, is sit at the your pool. dream scenario. My dream scenario. Uh, but she chooses to work and she's worked in education reform. And um, now she obviously the big debate here over Betsy DeVos is that she has she's the first education secretary ever to have not attended a public school, not have her. And I don't really think this matters totally, but not have her kids attend a public school um, and also not. Um, it, it will basically never walk into a public school if you ask right, in a union. Right. So the unions are totally opposed to her. And I'm sure there's. A lot of reasons why that that is the case. 
Uh, and and really, it was the first time in history that a vote came down in the Senate to 50-50 and that a, the vice president had to break that vote for a cabinet right. position. Right. I have a question before we go any further. So she didn't attend public school. Her kids don't attend public school. Did Barack Obama's children attend public school? Probably not. Okay. Just, I was just... Just kind of a random question. <laughs> totally, un, totally I'm sure unrelated. He did at some point. I right? think he did when he was in Hawaii as a kid, but he went to private schools for college, and he had his daughters going to private school. Now, when you're president, your kids should go to a private school because it's better security there. I think, right? Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. That, that, and listen, and if you want to put your kids in private school, I don't care. I don't think that should be a knock against you, and I don't think it disqualifies you from being able to be involved in the public education system. Because guess what? Are you paying taxes? Yes. Okay. Then you're a part of the public school system because your your money is going toward it. Period. So, anyway. Yeah. You know, I I think this this whole debate. I actually dislike people on both sides of this education debate because it's so political. Mm-hmm. And I think for most of us, we don't. We just want to make the schools better. But the problem is, there's different ideas about how to do that. Right. And, you know, I so I'll talk to a conservative and I have about 30 things that I hate about what they're saying because I feel like it's not the full picture. And then I right. talk to a liberal and I'm actually more agitated because they're usually just totally off the rails. So um, let me ask, let things. me ask. And I, I agree that people want to change the system and make things better. The, I, I don't ta- I, I agree with that sentiment, but I don't think that that's totally the case because I the people who are invested in the system of the public school system in the bureaucracy and in the unions all hated Betsy DeVos because of the fact that she does want to change the system, right? They have, you and I can both agree that though there are bright spots across the country within the public education system, and I would include, and in fact, I was talking with one of our teachers today uh, about this. It's a lady who goes to our church and we were talking about uh, schools. I would consider the school where we are a bright spot in the national public education system. There are bright spots, but overall, nobody would argue that we're not getting the results that we should be getting from our public schools, that that we are all disappointed in the levels that we're getting in our public schools. Yes. And that comes down to bad parenting. That comes down to naughty kids. That comes down to all sorts of things, including government requirements. And there are other things that go along. Actually, government requirements that don't allow schools to get bad kids out of the system. But we, that's another discussion, maybe even for another day. But we continue to... We want better results, but we don't, we're not willing to change the system. We keep saying the results we're getting are not bad, but we're going to keep pumping money into the same system. And Betsy DeVos and others like her, including myself, though I might not agree with Betsy DeVos on everything, say maybe we need to look at changing the system. I think where I end up being a little more jaded on some of this is I feel like if we change the system and we don't change the family the families were like, if, if you graph this out, I am certain that in 99% of the places where kids are not performing well, there are serious family breakdown oh, issues, absolutely. serious poverty, oh, yeah. serious. So my, my whole thing is it's great. And, I, and I'm all for getting kids out of bad schools right. whose parents really care and getting those kids into some other place. Right. So I see both sides of right. it. But if we don't fix those problems, which the people who don't really want to fix the system are also the people who perpetuate a lot of those problems right. and allow them to, to continue. Right. Um, so I, I end up arguing with everybody because for me, it's like, I think charters are great. I, I right. don't hate charter schools. I have a lot of teachers in my family, others right. who are not the biggest fans of charter schools, not because they think charter schools in themselves are bad, but because of how the system plays itself out and how charter schools are then used to sort of say, well, look, 
this school's so much better than these three schools next to it when really that school well, doesn't have to take right. in the kids that those other schools Well, and do. charter schools have 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 ways to be able to that's but that's again that speaks to why charter charter schools brag about their better numbers because charter schools get better numbers because charter schools are given a way to create better numbers because they're allowed to have a system that says we're not going to take these kids these kids who are bad kids or we're going to kick them out or these kids who have emotional distress issues which gets them into an IEP we need to reform IDEA the Individuals with Disability Education Act because there's a whole lot of screwiness there as well right but they're saying we're not gonna we're not gonna take these problem kids we're not gonna allow we're not gonna put up with this garbage which allows them to jettison the people who would bring the the kids who would bring down the, their numbers resulting in higher numbers well okay you can't compare that to the public school because the public school can't get rid of those kids i understand there would be a difference there but exactly that's exactly not only are those numbers not quite comparable but at the same time that's exactly the point the point parents want their kids in the charter schools or private schools if they can afford it or they can get a tuition voucher or whatever is because of the fact that these schools actually have exceptions. They can make exceptions and they can run their schools like a business instead of like a public government entity, which is what the public schools are. So that's 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 the reason that they tout their better numbers is because they have better numbers because of the fact they don't have to follow the same silly rules that the public schools have. Now, people are getting on DeVos's case for, for not being willing to say all organizations that receive federal funding should have to follow the exact same rules. Okay, we can have that debate, but the fact is, the fact is, the, the rules that work for a school in the Bronx or Brooklyn or Detroit or south side of Chicago aren't going to always be the same rules that work for a school in Pomeroy, Washington or Dayton, Washington or a little school in, you know, in Grangeville, Idaho, you know, the, the school systems aren't the same. The children and families in those situations are not the same. So blanket rules for those organizations in those schools don't work. And the fact is the federal government wants to put blanket rules on receiving federal money when the government gives eight to 10%, eight to 10% of, of public school funding comes from the government, only eight to 10%. Yet the federal government provides anywhere from 60 to 80% of the paperwork and regulation that those schools have to follow. So just to backtrack a little, I think one of the things that some people have, take issue with is it's not just like behavior problems. It's sometimes special ed kids in general that get pushed out of the charter schools. And I think, you know, people feel if those schools are taking not just federal money, but if they're taking well, but but understand city money in New right, York. And, and right? I would I, and I would need to see the evidence of the special ed kids because there are a lot of kids who are, quote, emotionally damaged or emotionally disturbed or whatever, who are actually just. We used to always call them naughty kids who are on, who get counted as special ed kids, even though there's nothing special ed about them. They don't have an, what we would consider normally an actual learning disability. Is there a disability there because of emotional distress? Yes, they have been classified as that. But the fact is a kid who has cerebral palsy is not, I don't think is the kid who's being kicked out of these charter schools and then being well, they're not going to test well i guarantee they're probably being some i i don't i don't know off the top of my head but there are allegations that this has happened if they're and not going to test well they're possible. not going to keep them in the school and that's and, and that's and that's possible but that that speaks to how those charter schools are being run in those specific areas because i can tell you that i have friends and family who have kids in charter schools in the boise nampa area who are ecstatic about the charter schools. And these are charter schools. They're kids. The kids don't get in because they have money. The kids don't get in because they're in the right neighborhood. The kids get in. They're, they're, we have family and friends who drive their kids 
long distances to go every day to go to this charter school because you're put on a lottery, right? There's, there's a drawing that happens. There's a lottery system, right? And so if you get in, you're, 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 you're set, you're good for the next few years, however long you're going to be in that school system, but it's not so, and it's really working very well there and it's very well managed. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think charters are a great thing and we should pursue them and use them and have them. But I also think I want to see somebody on either side and I will give the Republicans and conservatives this, at least they've come up with something, but talk about how they're going to fix the public school system. Because the the reality is creating charter schools is not going to fix the public school system. It's going to help it, but it's not going to fix it. You have to figure out how you can fix it. It can fix it. If you go toward charter schools, get rid of and see, and here's what, you know, Betsy DeVos and other people have talked about getting rid of the department of education. The department the federal department of education is borderline useless. It actually creates more problems probably than it actually solves. And the fact is it is a small, is it, what's the annual budget there? Less than a hundred billion dollars at the, at the department of education. I mean, it's not, it is a small department. It has only existed since 1980, right? And Ronald Reagan, when he ran for office, said, I'm going to get rid of the Department of Education. And he was running when it was it was signed into law in 79, came into existence in 1980. During the campaign of 1980, Ronald Reagan vowed to get rid of it. He didn't get rid of it. In fact, he expanded it and increased the funding for it. It was was a mistake on his part. But the fact is, we don't need a federal Department of Education because we don't need a federal we don't need a federal education system. I agree with you on all that. And I think a lot of people, even who don't like DeVos, might agree with that, too. You know, that that there's too much top down management of it. But but I still think I mean, you can move to all charters. It's not going to you can go to the South Bronx. It's not going to do much for the South Bronx because you've got to fix the bigger, broader problems. And I really do think some of these charter schools, Harlem Children's Zone is a school that I read about years ago and I haven't followed up with them. But the way that they were able to to fix the, the situation for these kids was to bring the whole family in. The yeah. parents went to classes. Yeah, the but kids de, Blasio, went to de Blasio ran on getting rid of those. And in fact, had uh, didn't he shut some of them down in Harlem? There were some of these charter schools in, in Harlem that were getting shut down under de Blasio's administration. I mean, it's it's very charter schools are very controversial here because I think of how because, they're used as a political no, tool to re- say... You know, they're, they're unfairly contra- sometimes they're controversial because the teachers unions don't like them. And but the you have to unions, understand the too, most though, powerful, the, te- the, the most thing. powerful union in America is the teachers. union. Agreed. But you have and I think the teachers sometimes are caught in the middle of this, right, because they're right. going to always side with their union. But they're right. also seeing things on the ground that and they, and they tend to care a little more about the kids than the they're, union. does. They're seeing obviously. things on the ground that the union has never uh, never actually fixed. And so Look, somebody like the or somebody else that, is coming in and saying, we got to fix school, this. Okay, but if a school is kicking kids out because they have special needs and it's not a behavior problem and they're not going to test well, and they're then and then the city or anybody is using those charter schools to say these schools are better when they're forcing the schools around them to take those rejected right, right. kids, that's if, not right. Now, and I think now that you so, might not you might not like it, but if the parents sign the paperwork that says we can kick your kid out of this school for any reason at all, and if your kid's not up to snuff, we're going to jettison them, then you might not like it, but you know what? You signed that. And the fact is, well, I, stop yeah, telling, but I'm a taxpayer but, but, and I wouldn't right, but stop, want to support but, that. So but here's, the, here's the issue then, right? Then they're forced to go to these other public schools and other public schools are forced to take them. Stop forcing the public schools to take bad kids. Or or problem or, or problem or problem kids or whatever. I'm, I'm talking about special needs kids who have legitimate special needs, not just right. behavior problems. Right. Th- this is 
<coughs> that that's the bigger problem here to me. Right. If that is happening, and and we would need more evidence to see, but but the claim from many people who I I know and I love and I trust is that this is happening. Yeah. If that is happening, it is completely unfair to compare those charter schools to the schools in the neighborhood. Now, if and that's my only issue. I don't care about the charters well, existing. It's, it's great. It's unfair, perhaps, to the public school, but it's not unfair to the charter school because the charter school is saying we have the right to do this, and the state has given us the state and the feds have given us the power to do this. Your kid is going to be better educated. That's a logical and moral argument for the school to make. If I that, don't think it's a moral if, argument for the school to no, make. The if, school if, should no, provide no, no, if, special if, need if, education. No, no, no. If indeed that's if that indeed is the allowance they've been given, if the state or the feds have said to them. You don't have to, if these kids are too much of a problem for you to educate, whether you like it or not, if these kids are too much of a problem for you to educate, you're allowed to slough them off or send them to the public school, right? But that's what if, makes them not but, a solution but, to fixing but, the but public if schools. That is an, but if that is an allowance that the charter school has made, then it is an argument for the charter school to make to, yeah, on their look. own behalf. But that is not an argument against the public school. The public school is going, we have to take these kids. Right. right. So and that's not, that's not going to be lower. That's not an argument. Be... It's not an argument against that public school. It's an argument. It's an argument against the system that has been created and perpetuated by the state government, by the federal government, and by the teachers' unions. The system but, okay. that the public school is suffering through right now is is created and sustained and perpetuated by a bureaucracy that is funded by funded by the teachers unions because the teachers unions is simply a money laundering operation for the democratic party that controls the education system in politics period all of that aside all of that debate aside and i and i try to not touch the union thing too much for a lot of reasons but <laughs> there's some conflicts of interest there but but I, I but and i think charters are great and i'm right. not speaking out against them and i'm not trying to demean them but if this is the case and this is happening, then they are not the solution, for, the full on solution for public schools because they're not willing to educate the students who need it the most. Right. So if that's the case, that's fine. But if, they're, but, if they're, out, but if their argument is it's not our we're not advocating teaching kids with special needs, we're advocating teaching average kids. Right? So who the hell is teaching the kids with special needs? Right, but then you create, but then go ahead and create a system to teach kids with special needs. But well, if a we, charter, we have but no, 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 if a charter, we have it. right, but it's not working. But if a charter no. school says we're only teaching, listen, but that's the point of the charter school is we're teaching average kids, kids who don't have actual definable disabilities. If they're saying we're just taking average kids, because of the fact is, kids with disabilities is a small is a very small minority of the student body. Period. And so the charter school is saying we can't. Ha our job isn't to take care of and handle and and teach the special needs kids. Our job is to teach average American kids. Period. And that's and and if you have special needs, then find a service that teaches special needs. Create create a charter school system that te that's designed for special needs kids, or create a starter charter school that says, you know what, we're going to take average kids, but we're also going to set up a system within our charter school to teach. Special needs kids. But the fact is, what most charter schools just say, we want to teach. We're designing to teach because the average American with the average American kid that doesn't have disabilities is saying, my kid is suffering because this school can't get its act together because it's spending 60% of its time trying to educate 10% of the populace. And so my kid suffers. Go to the South Bronx and you can shut that school down, open it up as a charter school, put lipstick on a pig, and you're going to end up with the same families and the same. It's you're not fixed. Nobody on either side has proposed anything 
that will fix the real problems that plague education. Yes, there's bureaucracy. Yes, all of that is legitimate. But the bigger, broader, deeper problems, none of us want to deal with them because they're very none hard the, to fix. There are solutions that have been that are promoted, but nobody will try them because the bureaucracy won't let them. And that is fair. And I think that is fair. But I also think the voices aren't loud enough on those things because I think one side doesn't want to admit some of that or deal with it. Right. But and if, I think the other side is so focused on and charters. I do, and, and I do think help, help the, help the special needs kids. As you, as you know, the special needs thing is a big thing to me. You know that totally. And right. Totally, okay. Yeah. So, but my thing is create them. There are people out there who are in, who are geniuses who can create a system that will work for special needs kids and will make bank on it. Because they can go, we're going to create a, a school, a charter school or a private school. We're going to create a private school that's going to meet the needs of special needs students. And by doing that, then we're going to let's let's see if we can create a voucher system. And if the voucher system will then allow these kids who can't afford to go to a private school, but the voucher will follow those kids and the kids money will go into that private school that teaches special needs kids. You're going to make a bunch of money. But the fact is the bureaucracy won't allow a solution, a solution like that to even be tried because of the bureaucracy right. that exists. Well, no one's going to give up their pensions and stuff too. So you've got, I mean, there's a lot, it is a deep, I just wish people on both sides could come together and be like, yes, charter schools are not evil. They're great. We need more of them, but we also need to realize there are other things going on. So, I mean, I kind of just hate everybody in this debate. Yes, absolutely. But Betsy DeVos is but, not but necessarily it goes, unqualified. Right. And it goes, but it goes back. Part of the issue, part of the issue is compulsory education. Parents should not be forced to send their kids to school. But because they are, there's a captive audience. Just as we are now all required to have health insurance, so now there's a captive audience for the health insurance market, there's a captive audience for the education market. But if parents were actually free to make their own decisions on how and when to educate their children, if we were actually had all of that freedom, things would change as well. But now the DeVos thing, I don't think she's unqualified. All she has to do is manage a department. And, and hand out grants and she's going to help set policy. She's not going to help set policy, but she's going to help create direction and have uh, get discussions going on policy and hopefully be able to bring some policy scale down some like the, the, the uh, common core stuff. I'm hoping that her policies will reflect uh, an attempt by the government to decrease the amount of common core nonsense that's used in the schools. She might be unqualified. Here's what I would say would make her unqualified. And I don't think we could know yet. I don't think it's fair to say that people think she's unqualified. Whether or not she stepped into a public school, to me, what I would want to see from somebody like her, I don't think you can walk into a system where the vast majority of kids are being publicly educated and not have a panel of people, and I'm hoping she does this, that she relies on. Teachers, yeah. administrators, others who are on the ground who could tell her what they're seeing, not yeah. people who are going in politically, people who are actually there to say, this is what right. we are seeing this is what we are experiencing. Here's how you might right. be able to help us, whatever. She doesn't have to take their advice, but at least bring them in. Then she would not be unqualified. Right. But if she proceeds to go into this and not actually understand what's going on on the ground when she doesn't have experience in it, yeah. then I would find her to be unqualified. Right. To be but th that's the thing. She's got to bring in the, ex the people with experience and to talk to her who have you know the boots on the ground thing, right? But the fact is she's got to be able to listen to everybody and for somebody in Eastern Washington to be able to say, well, our needs here don't match the needs in South Bronx, right? For somebody in, you know, in rural Nebraska to be able to say, our needs don't match what's needed in uh, Miami, Florida. Or we don't have the same needs. So she's going to listen to that, and she may get a lot of good input from that. And then the bureaucracy will say, no, 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 you can't. That's, see, that's the big problem, 
it is the bureaucracy is going to continue. She can get all the great advice that she wants and all the great solutions that she wants. But until the system is actually able to be changed, until there's some sort of stop to the bureaucracy and stop and check on the on the teachers unions, and you don't have to chime in on that, th then nothing's going to change. No matter how I don't many think great anything is really no, going no many, to be No matter how change. many great solutions she's offered, no how many wonderful people she surrounds herself with, it isn't going to change. No, but I think she needs to understand. Here's the but thing. But what's the point? If, if, it's, not, if it's not going to change, then what's the point of surrounding herself with good people? Because all well, it is is we're going to we're going to continue no, to be a slave to the bureaucracy. But you have no chance of changing anything if you don't understand the system, yeah. right? I mean, there's no chance of finding a way. No, in. But and I agree, she should surround herself with good people, just like we want Donald Trump to surround himself with good people. And you want your pastors, you want you want people who are in authority to surround themselves with good people who bring different viewpoints so that you can have the discussion and debate and say, how do we move forward? The question then is, are you friggin' willing to move forward? Right. And there are too many right. there are too many things and roadblocks to keep <laughs> us from there, it seems, to keep us from moving forward. They will keep us from moving forward. There are some serious snowflakes though. They need to calm down. Like I understand <laughs> not I understand being outraged by her, not feeling yeah, like she's qualified. Yeah, 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 but I to block totally her out of a school, to physically That's not allow ridiculous. her in. This insanity with the le people on the left or those who are disenchanted with Trump needs to stop. Call yeah. him out, protest him, but the level to which these people yeah. take it is so ridiculous. almost psychotic. It is. It's ridiculous. Um, and it's just not okay. We yeah. we need to take some steps back. Agree. Take a breath. And be human beings. Yeah. Don't you have a I, pizza party to go to? I do. My kids are out there. They're actually eating dinner right now. All right, go. So, Goodbye. Well, wait, wait, wait. We got to shut down. It's the end of the show. So I don't know what to tell you. Didn't you? What didn't you? you uh, no, we just kind of just fizzled because we had this long, passionate discussion about Betsy, the hottie well, DeVos. Saw pizza. If, if anybody could see inside <laughs> the studio here, I'm looking at Chris looking, out my um, door looking for a slice of pizza through the doorway. So. <laughs> What was you? You mentioned something that we were going to talk about at the end, but I don't even remember what it was. So, Caitlyn Jenner, fabulous. Oh, so we actually recorded a show. Look how happy! Look how happy Pedro is going to be. <laughs> He's going to be so happy. Oh, I yeah. loved his tweet. He's got a he. He sent us a, a message. He's holding his church boys mug, and it says, "He's I'm eating my breakfast today." And my kid asked me about this mug, and it's a picture of our church boy's mug. And then I began my tale long ago, and this is insert crying and drinking and music and all sorts. <laughs> I think we have to be back weekly now. I, mean, I do too. And, and that's and we have to find. Wait a second. Our lives wait, are. Wait, 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 wait. Billy Hallowell pretends to be genuine, but he's a phony. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this or is this? It's on Twitter. Lori Quackenbush. I know that name. Or do I know oh, Lori? Well. Or Linda Quackenbush. Excuse me. Sorry, Linda. Does what, this what? person hate me? Um, I don't think so. No, she's a Trump guy. Real Donald Trump. Life is a precious gift from God. I think she's just being silly. Okay. Because I, I put up Kate Scanlon for the win. Billy Hallowell was fatter than I had expected. And then <laughs> Linda Quackenbush responds. Billy Hallowell pretends to be genuine, but he's a phony. <laughs> I hope it's actually true. I hope that she actually thinks that. <laughs> I wouldn't surprise me. I got that hate mail I shared with you the other day. Oh, my God. That was fantastic. 
Don't I wrote back and I was like, is this for real? I was like, well, I'm sorry. Basically, long story short, this person was angry that they wrote me an email that I didn't see. And, I did, and it changed. <laughs> this is like through my website, by the way. It wasn't even direct. Um, and that they had a pamphlet they wanted to share with me. And when I didn't write back, they wrote me this angry <laughs> email, which I finally saw the second time, like, right. telling me off. Um, and I wrote back and I was like, I didn't see your first email. And then they kind of told me off again. Right. And do you understand? I'm busy. <laughs> Trying to feed my family. Don't you understand here. that I'm a I'm a I'm a celebrity of sorts? Do you understand I have been in movies and I have written, I was raptured and left behind. And I have scary. written books, multiple. I have a second one coming out soon. Ugh, don't remind Are me. Are we gonna talk about that book? Did you get any good interviews from that book that we're gonna be able to use and air or um what are you doing with that? Yeah, thing, you know, right? I may we may want to bring some people in. I think we should have Josh McDowell on because he's fascinating. Right. Now was it was it the donut code? Is this the, the new one? <laughs> the carb code um no this is fault line oh fault it's, line um, right it's just, the, it's billy hallowell goes for a walk <laughs> it's the fault line <laughs> new york falls into the oh, atlantic you are going to hell you are so going to hell <laughs> you're uh, an idiot you're total. The, hey are you guys on any special diets right now no, no, I need to be though. I'm on a cookie diet right now. I think you just keep getting your haircut like it is. It makes you look thinner and yeah, younger well, and hipper. So is it? Well, I see that no, it's I mean shaved. we're trying to not eat. We're actually when our groceries are delivered tomorrow, they're going to be oh, very healthy. That's what I was thinking of. I know you've reminded me. <laughs> um. So Juanita, how often does she come to your house? Is this a delivery person? You're <laughs> no, no. To? I'm talking about the housekeeper. <laughs> Oh, there's no French, 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 Francesca. There's no, no. I told Chris, you never told Chris anything. I know. A couple times a year, we would we (laughs) had decided we were gonna. (laughs) (laughs) A couple times a year, by which, go ahead. Okay, that like around Christmas time, like a holiday. Mm -hmm. That if we're hosting, we're going to have somebody come and help us do a deep clean, right? right? Right. Um, because honestly. I feel like the kids just are disgusting everywhere. So, you know, yeah. you can clean as hard it's as you want, kids. but you want to get like a good clean, it's the windows, the everything, right? Yes. So, you know, a couple times a year. Now, Chris loves this because he wants to imagine that every week there's a housekeeper coming in. I did say today, I won't lie. I was like, we should call her name's Olga. We should call Olga and have her come every single week and do our laundry, which I never really would. I was joking because I hate like, my wife does the laundry and then like I'll put my stuff away and I, I can't even physically handle putting my stuff away. Oh, uh, it's awful. It, so, isn't it awful? It's it like is. a time sucker. It is. Well, it's women's work. So it is. Uh, oh, 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 now we basically, the women's March is going to be tweeting at us. Okay. Um, but so I, but here's the thing you said, <laughs> we're going to do this twice a year. Here's the interesting thing, folks. They started this in December of last year and did it twice. So that's why Billy says we're going to do it twice a year. Ask me how many times he's done it in this calendar year. Go ahead, um, America. Ask. He's done it twice. So since we've done it once this calendar year. That's once. a lie. You've told me twice. Because the one you're thinking of was late December. So we did it in late December and so late January. So you did January. it three times in December? No, 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 no. We did it end of November, end of December. Oh, okay. So we've actually done it every month. Um, okay, so now that I'm thinking about it. Um, we're, we're, on a monthly, here's the, we're on a monthly basis with Francesca. <laughs> basically. Um, but no, we're not going to do it every month from now on. But like there was a reason to, right? Because we right. we hosted Thanksgiving, then there was Christmas. Right. And then, so yes, there was so that, wait, three wait, times, wait. but it was once so, a month. So 
we had a reason to because we, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas <laughs> and then the end of January. What, what were you hosting in January? Was it an um, MLK party? My parents were an supposed MLK to party? visit. Uh-huh. They didn't. But, but here's the thing, okay? Now, we actually cleaned this weekend. It was fine. We did it. Not a big deal. I don't, we don't mind cleaning, but if you can get someone to do that deep clean. Now, the grocery delivery. Let's tackle the grocery delivery. Because I know that you, you Chris have just thinks too, that you, I'm like Chris thinks I'm like the Jeffersons over here with the grocery delivery. It's well, it's, it's like I hear us have these discussions about why it's just so, this is such an expensive thing to do, and boy, it's it'll be nice to get that book advance, and, that's, and and then he turns around and talks about having a housekeeper and grocery delivery. I do not have a housekeeper. First of all, <laughs> this is a woman who like cleans for people. But but let me say the grocery delivery is only a six dollar delivery fee and we always have a coupon for it. So now Chris's argument is you're paying more. You are. But this is this is the normal grocery store we shop at. Right. So that we physically go to. You could choose a different grocery store. Well, there's there's two nearby and the prices are almost the same. Can you tell me the names Um, of these grocery stores? Are they are they national chains like a Safeway or what's what's the dealio? Um, so there's there's Shoprite down the road, and that's where we we shop there, and they're actually cheaper chain. No, is it Shoprite um, spelled with an R I T? Shoprite. Yeah, yeah, okay. and they're cheaper chain. Like they're not that, but their prices are not bad. Um, and even if the prices were higher, let's say in that store, I we actually save because we're con- instead of going to the store where you're seeing everything. Oh, I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that, and things off of your list. You re- we really keep it to meals, which is great. Um, now. And he, and here's the thing, $6 delivery fee. I'm more than willing to pay that. Now, we, yeah. we still go to the store like two or three times during the week to get little things, like milk, things like for the baby that we need. Um, but we just find it. So how close how close is ShopRite? What is it? Uh, ShopRite's probably about 10 minutes away. Um, there's a food town two minutes away. Like I can literally walk to food, the food town. Food town? Yes. Um, and, and so that, we go to food that, town a and lot. And that's a grocery store? Yes. And is it cheaper than ShopRite? <clears throat> Not by much. No, I mean, but if you it, well, to... no, 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 no. I didn't ask by much. Is it cheaper? No, I mean, sh- some things are more expensive, like milk, for instance. $10 for um, a gallon of organic milk, if you wanted organic milk. Okay. Um, Again, not you're not helping your case here. <laughs> Here's citing, the, we don't drink citing, organic milk, but the baby but, does. We uh, give the kids organic milk. Why? Um, here's the thing. I do not, we're not big organic food people, but I think if you can do eggs and milk, you should. Those are the two things that look, the antibiotics, the antibiotic thing is a big deal to me. Didn't you, you just get, have, didn't you just get done telling me that you guys are like eating a whole bunch of or, uh, antibiotics right now? <laughs> yes. But because if you're you had not, illness you going around your, your kids health? to be getting them in milk, you know, um, but you're so willing, anyway. well, well, just a second here. I don't want you to have our, I don't want you to have too many art, you know, antibiotics in your foods, right? But oh, oh, by the way, here's a bottle of antibiotics for you to take because you're not feeling well. No, actually, our, I, think my, I don't think yeah. our baby's ever, our 18 month old has never been an antibiotic, knock on wood. She's never had an infection of any kind? No, I don't huh? think, maybe once. I don't think so. My other kid has been on antibiotics. Right. Ava's been on antibiotics. But, um, but no, like that's actually a whole thing, like, like, you know, developing too early and all that. Anyway, milk. So milk and eggs, we'll sometimes do eggs, but we do milk usually, but not for us, for the, just for the kids. So, um, and Ava doesn't even drink milk, so it's really just for the baby. Anyway, the point is, the point is, no, the prices are not different. I mean, the, 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 
this is why it doesn't really matter which store you go to, you're going to spend about the same amount of money. I find shopping on, in the app and having it delivered saves us money. No, you like the idea of having someone deliver your groceries. <laughs> no, That's what you like. It's a time saver. It is. It is the biggest time saver. You are listen, so enthralled. Listen, with, no, my listen love the. This. It's for the same. It's the same reason you have your smart house. You're Let enthralled me tell you, with the idea not of not having to get off the frigging couch. My listen. My wife leaves at four forty-five in the morning. She's back. She's back with the kids on like Monday and Tuesday by five thirty, five forty-five. And then we do dinner, the kids go to bed, and then we go to bed. And that we repeat that every day. Right. It just makes life a little bit easier. When That's do you all. have when do you have the groceries delivered? So if I'm a day that I'm working at home, I'll do it like at the end of that day. So tomorrow they're actually coming. And you they're know, coming between six and eight tomorrow. Now I don't know if I you've have. I don't know if you've heard of this. Uh, I know we have this out on the West Coast. I don't know if you have that there in New York. Uh, we have things called Saturdays and Sundays. Yes, and see, here's what I didn't know. I just, I'm sorry, I didn't know if you had those where you live. Here's the deal: you live in a very fancy place, and some places that are fancy cut out Saturdays and Sundays. Here's the deal: I, I have weekends free right now for a little while, which has been nice. Right. Um, but I will go back into another book writing drama season. Well, you got another book. You got another book coming out. Yes. (laughs) Allegedly. So. Um, but. But, you know, we really try to like we've like this weekend was just the kids. Like we really try to not we do like a Walmart run on Saturday. That's usually what we have to do. No, wait, um, the Walmart you go to, is it a super Walmart? Does it have a grocery no, store? No, we don't have oh, a super that Walmart sucks. here. So that's the only Walmarts that should ever be built. That, I okay, agree. I'm not a fan of federal laws, right? Of, of blanket <laughs> laws. There should be a law that the only Walmarts that are allowed to be built are super Walmarts. I agree with you. It's it's like an in between. There's no there's no frozen food or refrigerated food. See, we so have a, well, the Walmart we go to is a super Walmart. Oh, it's thirty. Great it's, 30 it's thirty miles away, but it's the super Walmart. And See, we, we, do don't, our we don't shopping. have one close. Yeah. Target we do. We have a, about thirty minutes is away. Super, we've got a, is it a super, super Target. Target. Okay. Um, which we we go to that. Not all the time. I like Walmart better. I find it cheaper. Yeah. But so that's what we do. We do. So we do do shopping. But like when it comes to dinners, we basically nope. only order dinners and lunches so, when we do the delivery. So wait, wait. So you order when you order from your grocery store and you have groceries delivered. Are they delivering meals that are already made? No. And is it like no, you no. ordered Chinese takeout, but it's actually from a grocery store? Are you like, they no, like no. You, you can call and say, I want to order a 25-bound bag of flour <laughs> and a dozen eggs. <laughs> so stupid. No, 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 that's what I'm asking. Because you said no, you, so you order by the meal, and I'm like, what well, you are you ordering? Are you only or, you're only ordering the ingredients to make a meal? Yes, yeah. So like on Saturday we go through all the meals. Like, what do we want to eat? Because we're trying to be we are trying to be healthier now. So, we're so like, but, all here's, right, what, but here's the what thing: don't don't buy. See, that's the problem. And I I need to have my wife talk to you or to your wife about how to shop because JC goes to Costco and goes to the grocery stores and she buys because my wife makes things. She buys the twenty five pound bag of flour. She buys the 15 bag of sh- pound bag of sugar. She buys the two dozen eggs, not organic because we're not crazy people. She buys multiple gallons of milk so that we can have them in the refrigerator and not have to continue to, in your case, order gallons of milk. So our she buys, my she buys all the, up the big She things. buys all the big things and buys all the ingredients and has them in the house and then creates meals from those ingredients. Not, so, okay, I want to order one dozen eggs because I know that I'm going to use 
three <laughs> eggs here and four eggs here. No, buy two dozen eggs so you have extra eggs. And if you decide, you know what? You know what sounds good today for breakfast? I'm going to have an egg and toast. So, But listen, you can't do that if you're only we, ordering for a meal. We do, for the big things like flour stuff, we do that. What you've just described, we do that. Um, when it comes to like the meats, though, and stuff like that, we, we tend to do it that way unless like with chicken we'll buy a lot of it because that's something we know we'll, we'll eat um but you you know you've got to find the balance we also i'm a big fan of aldi um what is aldi? and we actually have like a classy aldi here it's like a super nice oh. aldi i don't care i'll go to any aldi um is that a discount grocery is that a discount grocer totally and yeah, i love it it's great is it a lot we of get, canned get, goods um they this one has everything i mean this really? one's great they've got they've got like Everything from like butterball turkey down to, and they've got brand everything, which hmm. is weird because <laughs> most of them don't usually have that. But um, we go there for like specific things, like if we need like snacks, you know, for the kids or for like a party. If there's a party coming, we'll go there. It's about thirty five minutes away. Um, but no, what you've described, we do. But on eggs, we never when we do that, we never get through them before they go bad. How is it possible? But you use eggs in things. It's not just like you're gonna give yourself a, a, you know, fry an egg for yourself or just have some scrambled eggs. But like you actually use eggs as an ingredient. Say perhaps you decided you're going to fix your family pancakes. You put a couple eggs in there, right, and stir that up. And I, I would imagine that you just order from the grocery store pre-made pancakes. I mean, no, we always <laughs> we always don't have enough or have too many eggs. Always. It's it's like the ongoing issue. They either rot out or we're like, why don't we have eggs? Um, plus, you know, I don't know if you know what the costs of like milk and eggs and stuff are. It's it's sort of insane. What so, do you pay for a, a regular normal person gallon of milk? One percent milk. Uh, about five. Oh really? Hey Jay, JC, what do we? Sorry, what do we pay for a gallon of milk? One percent. What? And that's per gallon. That's per gallon. Okay. So she's like $2.15 for a gallon of milk. So we want, and we buy it at Costco. So it's a two pack. So it's like four fifty or whatever, four four thirty. We pay like four fifty eight to $5 for, for a, a gallon. single gallon. Yeah. Well, that's insane. But, that, but if you go, if you go to Aldi though, and they actually have this particular Aldi has a farm that's like local that they get their milk from, you can get it, um, for like two something. So that's yeah. another reason why we'll sometimes go and like, we'll stock up a little bit because, and they actually do have organic for cheaper there too. So we'll mm. sometimes get the baby some. So do you guys have, now do you guys have a second refrigerator? Like we have a second refrigerator out in the garage. No, but we want, oh. we want to get one. You that's what we've been that. talking about. That's a we, smart, we now that's the one. And now, and now that helps. We have the benefit. Uh, listen, I give you a hard time, but let me also add that we have a, I have, we have a benefit of my wife. Uh, she works outside the home a little bit during the week. She helps out at the church, right? She's just, she would volunteer there, but they're willing to pay her to be the church secretary. So she puts in what, eight, 10 hours a week there. So, and, you know, and then she has her home-based business and things, but she just does that in her free time. So it's, uh, I, I give you that hard time at the same time. JC's home. So she knows making meals is her thing. It's what she likes to do. She's a mom. She's a wife. That's what she does, right? So that's what she does. And and I love it and I appreciate that. And and but she grew up in a family and we both grew up in families where that's what we did, right? The mom stayed at home and planned the meals and does shopping. And JC has always been a great shopper. It doesn't matter what she's shopping for, she's a great shopper. So she does those things. 
And we have out in our garage a second large refrigerator that has a freezer on it. I mean, so we, That's great. So we I, store we, food in those things, and so the eggs go in there, the extra. So when we go to Costco, and we lo- I love Costco. There's a, one of the very few stores I actually like to go to. We go to Costco, we buy four or six gallons of milk because we have three kids who love milk, and we go through milk like it's going out of style, right? So we, we buy the extra milk, we buy the extra eggs, we buy dozens of apples and pears and oranges and whatever because we have places to keep, and we have a large home, we have places to go to keep it, but... But it's it's like, I cannot I cannot fathom having my groceries delivered. And it, well, even, that's but even, here's the th- the thing that's sad is we're still down like no joke we're down at Food Town three two to three times a week because strawberries we go through strawberries like the kids go through them like crazy. <laughs> do you have a so Costco near you? Last. Do you have a Costco near you? We do, but strawberries don't last for us no matter what oh, really? we do. Um, JC just, buys we need these, to get a new a new refrigerator. JC, but. JC buys like two or three big cartons of strawberries every time she goes, and our kids eat them up. My kids, I, my kids, I have weird kids. They love fruits and vegetables. That's the first our thing they eat like on their plate. Fruit. They they do not like vegetables. They love fruit though. Yeah. Um, but but we can't. So we go down there to just keep buying it because yeah. like blueberry, like stuff yeah. like that. We, we'll go down a couple times a week for milk and that. That's usually like so we end up there anyway, yeah, which is yeah. kind of funny. But so, but anyways, what yeah, I say we don't is, deliver every week. By the way, we deliver okay. once a month. Yeah, liar. Just like you have. No, no, no. no honestly, so, I, so your your, house, two, your, your housekeeper your housekeeper your housekeeper brings the groceries. <laughs> oh, she she actually like would probably put them away if we asked her to. Um, but the nice thing about delivery is they bring it right to your kitchen. You let these people in your home. Yeah, they come right in. We know them now. They're so like here's friends. I like I can't imagine having my groceries delivered. But even more than I can't imagine is actually admitting having my groceries delivered hey this is nobody here mows their own lawn and nobody here most people actually well, everybody in our family does grocery delivery there's nobody there's nobody in your neighborhood who would trust you with a lawn mower i mean something that's that's got well, a motorized a here, motorized thankfully. blade i mean not a chance <laughs> i'm letting you have near Listen, something like even that. my wife's 92 year old grandmother is using the online shopping app 92-year-old grandmothers are the people who should be using the online but my grocery sister, delivery shopping Everybody, app. look at it. makes your life so much no, easier to have groceries it's, delivered. It's I'm a huge advocate. I would get on car, TV It's and because you're hoity-toity. We're better than everybody. Italian New Yorkers. That's your problem. If I was paying, look, right. look, I'm cheap. If this costs $30 more to do, I would not do it. If it costs, so you think that they just... No. Wait, wait, wait. You think that they're delivering groceries for $6 a delivery out of the goodness of their heart. You don't think that that, that, that cost is reflected at all in the prices of the store. Oh, I'm sure it is. But because all of the stores here either offer delivery or the so Food Town offers one, which I actually find pointless and annoying, where I can order it all and then show up and just pick it up and leave. It's already bagged. They've for already me. gathered it for you. No, see that right. I could that makes I can see that, that but it would still cost something. Right. So there is no option here, I don't think. I don't know of a chain that doesn't either deliver or do that. So we're paying for it either way. So, every, That's sort of so all argument. the grocery stores are already doing it. Yeah, I, which is crazy because I was yeah. talking to my parents in Wegmans, which is a great store chain. I love Wegmans. Um, they are not doing any of this yet, and I'm sure they will. Um, and my parents are like, no, we don't even have the option. But they're like, we totally would I, do it if I we bet, could. I bet, Meg, I bet Wegmans won't do it because Wegmans is all about the experience of shopping at Wegmans. Agreed, Wegmans. and I love Wegmans. I do and they're like coming Wegmans. here to New York. Are finally. they? Really? They're Good. Good. They're opening one like 20 minutes away, and That's I will be good. there every week. I, know, I like, I I like Wegmans, and Wegmans has good product. And it, yes. is, and it is it is actually the experience. I bet they will never. Well, I shouldn't say never. 
They shouldn't. I, I wouldn't I, if I were them. I, but they're all about the shopping experience at Wegmans. That's where they make their bank. Is that I would like go shopping shop every week. Yeah, right. When, they, they, know that, shop they know because it is so pleasurable to shop there that people will get sucked in to do it. And they sell everything. They have a restaurant. They have a coffee shop. They've Absol- got everything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can't you can't have a restaurant and a coffee shop and say, you don't need to come here. I mean, that's, and the that's what you The show has devolved, by the way. Yeah. Betsy from- DeVos, eggs, milk. <laughs> Hoity-toity grocery delivery. It's really quite embarrassing. I'm, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to own it. It really is. It's really a it sad. makes my life so much easier. Anything that makes my life easier, I'm fine with, as long as it's moral. <laughs> That's why you have the smart home. So you, again, it's, it goes back to so you don't have to get off your couch. No, I want to know that nobody's in my house. The church boy.